Howdy, y'all. Chud Bingsley here from the Awful Neutral Podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by the handiest tool in old Chud's holster, the Downtime Manager 2.0 app from Fanatic 5 Solutions. Now, as y'all know, me and the notorious gang known as Gertrude's Dudes can get into all kinds of shenanigans and horseplay during our adventure and sessions. But what y'all don't know is that during my downtime without my pards, things can get mighty lonesome out on the prairie for your old chuddy buddy. That's why I'm so excited to announce that now there's a way to keep the game going in between sessions. It's an incredible app called Downtime Manager 2.0 a comprehensive tool to manage downtime sessions, that time spent between D&D adventures. All affiliates, we're partnering up with the band from Fanatic 5 Solutions. It's a Hungary-based group of longtime D&D players that wanted to find a way to interact with their characters and one another while waiting to play a game. So they created the Downtime Manager. I'm glad because personally I need some structure from my downtime. Heck, when I'm not casting crackling clusters of lightning bolts at kobolds or blasting burning balls of fire at bugbears, well, I just end up over in the saloon crying into my milk from boredom. I make my own white Russians, y'all. But now with the DM 2.0, the fun don't have to stop. Downtown Manager is on Google Play, the App Store, and is browser supported. Using this laptop companion app, Dungeon Master, DM, and party members create, run, and manage activities between adventures. Instead of using precious game time to manage your character's activities outside the main quest, Downtime Manager allows you to continue to play D&D with your group in minutes a day. After the tabletop session ends, the DM starts a downtime session setting in-game and real-time durations and indicating permitted downtime categories. The players participate in initiated downtime sessions by selecting downtime activities for their characters based on their prerequisites, durations, and costs. Party members can interact with one another, collaborate on activities, and react to new developments within the app. When the activity is completed, The players collect their rewards and get ready for the next game to begin. The app's developers have also included functionality for creative users with options for homebrew content that can be shared with their friends or all Downtime Manager 2.0 users. My awful neutral crew is hotter than a jalapeno about this app. We can't wait to keep our adventures going even when Damien can't beat up on us. And now we can with the DM 2.0. With an aggressive plan for added features and a responsive development team active on their Discord server, Downtime Manager 2.0 is a unique application for managing an often overlooked aspect of the tabletop role-playing game. Get the Downtime Manager 2.0 app today and keep the game going in between sessions. Find tutorials, blog posts, and more at fanatic5s.com. Follow Fanatic 5 Solutions and Downtime Manager on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and join the Downtime Discord. We thank Downtime Manager 2.0 for supporting the Awful Neutral Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Awful Neutral Podcast. But more importantly, welcome back to Hell, Hell Frazier. Where we play the tabletop role-playing game Boss Dragons and Scrambled Eggs, created by Mike Rosenthal, 
and we put a little awful neutral flip on it. I'm not sure if Mr. Rosenthal loves or hates us, but we thank him for allowing us to play his wonderful game. Kelsey Grammer's estate has sent several cease and desists, <laughs> hurting his legacy. <laughs> I blame that specifically on Caleb Cleveland, though. So, uh, With that, let's introduce the cast. Today playing with me, we have Damien Mercado as... I'll be playing Daphne Moon. I am Martin Crane's personal therapist, and I am a psychic, and I'm really impressed with Niall's swordsmanship skills. I didn't know he had it in him. With that, we'll get to John Groobs as... Niles Crane, Seattle's preeminent psychologist and secret crush-haver of Daphne Moon. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was in the John. What did he say? <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing. <laughs> we have Lauren as... Uh, Roz Doyle. I will be playing Roz, uh, Frazier's wonderful producer and lover of rhinos. Speaking of potential rhinos in the sack, we have Clint Beiser as... Bulldog Briscoe here, sports radio host, and proud papa to a pack of perfect puppies. Love the alliteration. Oh, I didn't even notice I was doing that. I just, uh, I love my pups. And speaking of another proud dog owner, we have Jesse Egan as... Martin Crane, uh, I love Ballantine Beer, the Seattle Mariners... And I'm dating again. I'm on the scene. You so that's why I told you about my likes and dislikes. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly my likes. So I swipe right if I like them? <laughs> Noticeably missing from today's episode is Fraser himself, played by Caleb Cleveland. And his, his absence will be explained in canon. But I personally, I just think Caleb took the day off so he could see if little Frage, a.k.a. Niles, could carry the weight of the episode on his own. You got this little fresh. Better be careful. It's going to be hell, Niles. <laughs> Last episode, the gang went to a high, highly renowned restaurant named Nie Nadequel Sarpsa Card restaurant commonly referred to in the common tongue as Outback Steakhouse. Fancy. <laughs> for a special Thiermin Noresh dinner. The party all had their own missions for Thiermin Noresh, but that all changed when they discovered a demonic possessed stove was attempting to eat the souls of all the people in the restaurant. The party was able to defeat the stove and send it back to Hell's with Niles getting the final blow and empowering his fencing foil. To celebrate, the party ended their evening by going to Fantasy Arby's, also known as Farby's, to have a nice Thierman Noresh dinner with the location where they had planned all along. Due to their heroic activities during that evening, they gained 15 reputation, but lost five of it due to Fraser's repeated use of the word nutting. <laughs> They're currently sitting at 51 reputation, which means they have no negative side effects to any of their rolls. But if they go below 40, they are going to take minus one to all of their rolls. So let's see how much they can improve their reputation or tear it down this episode. Just for future reference, what's the uh, polite way to refer to nutting? Because <laughs> I feel like it's going to come up as it always does. Oh, come up. I get it. 
Uh. I like to use it in a literary reference, like, for example, if we're referring to, I don't know, the adventures of Huckleberry Finn or Tom Sawyer, you could refer to it as whitewashing something. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Yanks literature. With that, let's get into the episode. It has been a few months since Thierman Norish, and things couldn't be going for Fraser's show at the radio station. Listener numbers are up, sponsors from all over Sostigari are booking commercials on the show, and Big Willie Boone has taken notice. Big Willie Boone, in order to celebrate, has invited Roz, Fraser, and Bulldog for a grand yachting adventure out on the open seas. Fraser already had a planned vacation with Rachel, his date from Thierman Norish, so he was unable to attend, but was able to make arrangements with Big Willie Boone to have Niles, Daphne, Martin, and Eddie take his place on the yachting adventure. They did help get the show syndicated and save the radio station, after all. We join the party as they arrive on the docks. They are standing in front of a large white sailing yacht with large white sails. Looks like one of the fanciest boats that majority of them have ever seen. The name of the ship is written across the front in giant gold letters. The party begins to read the name as they are wet. The party begins to read the name as they are met by Big Willie Boone walking down the plank on the port side of the yacht. Well, howdy, y'all. Welcome all to the ship. Glad uh, to have you all here. Glad you all came. I mean, it sucks we don't have Frazier here, but at least I got his family members, the people who saved the radio station here to to help help me along and enjoy this adventure with me. Well, Frazier gets uh, extremely seasick, uh, so he couldn't make it, but thank you for having us. Oh, a grand yachting adventure. I thought it was a grand nutting adventure. <laughs> oh, he means how we go pick nuts. It's a it's an ancient Sostagarian Seattle Duke's Court tradition where we go and harvest almonds or pecans or whatever is in season. I'm a, I'm a huge pecan fan. I'm a huge pecan fan. I was getting real... Uh, oh, well. Uh, yachting, that's fine. <laughs> Bulldog, I don't know how you got those uh, two confused, but uh, we're on a boat, so let's, let's go boating, fella. Oh, by, by the way, I know... It was Frazier that was telling about telling me about it, and I just can't ever pay attention to what he says, so I got my wires crossed. <laughs> well, I uh, I made the mistake. I just made the mistake of calling this ship here... Shit, I did it again. This yacht here, a boat, all right, and I called it a ship. The captain gets really pissed off when you do that, so... He said it's uh, taken away from my reputation and his reputation every time I call it something different than a yacht. So make sure when we go up there, you dress the captain politely. Let him know he has got the finest yacht in all the land. He's a little bit stuck up, but he's willing to do this for us for free and take us all out on this yachting adventure. What was the name of the yacht, by the way? Uh, Go ahead and roll me a wisdom check to see if you can make out the name on the ship. Oh, okay. Um... Does Maris's family have a nicer yacht than this, Niles? You rolled a nine. Yeah, you were very easily able to see the name of the ship on the front. Uh, as you're walking, you are the only one kind of paying attention to the actual name. And you see the ship's name is the Grieving P. Lipton. The Grieving P. Lipton? Yes, that is the name of the ship in fancy gold letters on the front. Is that like the initial P or the vegetable uh, it's the leptin is spelled L-E-P-T-O-N. Oh, the, what the, about the P part? The grieving P. The P is just the letter P. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the gr- grieving, the letter P with a period, and then leptin. Hmm. 
Okay. Grieving P. Lepton. Ah, that's what they called me in college. <laughs> <laughs> so the party follows Big Willie Boone up the plank of the ship and onto the port side as they are greeted by the captain dressed in an all-white captain's uniform and a white and black captain's hat. He walks up and greets all of you. You're able to see behind him that there is every commodity that you could possibly want on this ship. Hot tubs, drinks, food, caviar, men, women, all scantily dressed. They are there waiting for you, giving you a grand introduction onto the ship. Big Willie Boone continues, Well, this is uh, Captain Baxter here. He will see to it you have whatever you need, but he'll mostly be driving the ship. But if you have anything, let Captain Baxter know. He's the man around these parts and he'll take care of all of us. Yes, indeed. If you need anything at all, please let me know and I will get it for you post-haste. Please enjoy every commodity of this ship. Every nook and cranny is up to you guys to explore and enjoy. It's a lovely yacht, Captain. Uh, do you happen to have shuffleboard? <laughs> of course, that's up ahead at the stern of the boat there, my good man. Thank you. Eddie loves to play. Come on, Eddie. I'll, I'll join you with the shuffleboard. All right, come on, you walnut. <laughs> I was saving that for when the you were doing all that nut crap. <laughs> Bulldog's wearing a shirt that says nutting champ or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Niles, I don't know about you, but all these scantily clad lasses and lads are making me a wee bit uncomfortable. I don't know if they're having one of those taken auctions here on this boat. Would you mind escorting me up to the bar or perhaps some dining car where maybe we could uh, get a rest from all this skin? Well, I don't think yachts have dining cars, Daphne, but I'd love to take you to uh, well, the caboose maybe then. a more private quarter. <laughs> uh, Captain, does this yacht have a wine cellar? Of course, that's down on the uh, third deck below, my good man. Well then, uh, I believe Daphne and I will take a tour. Oh, I love Merlot. Let's go see. Niles cringes at Merlot. <laughs> and you, young lady, what will you be doing? Um, can you just point me in the direction of the bar? That's where I'll be. Yes, that's right in the middle of the ship there. You'll see it's surrounded by all the the men and the uh, handsome bartender over there. See ya. See you, madam. <laughs> Played shuffleboard with Martin and Eddie. Yes, and we uh, are a team, so you're going to need to find a partner. You know, it, it has been established that Martin's out on the dating scene again. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe they're wingmanning for each other out on the Lido <laughs> deck. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that you and I would play against Eddie. <laughs> so we join Martin and Bulldog at... I believe I said the stern of the ship, but it's actually at the bow of the ship is where the shuffleboard is at the front of the ship. Ooh, that was a long walk going to the wrong side of the ship and back. You <laughs> forget that my hip uh, is whistling this whole time in the winds of the sea. And as you guys arrive at the shuffleboard area, the ship begins to push away from the dock and head out towards sea. What would you guys like to do here while you're playing shuffleboard? Do you, what are you guys looking for around you? What are you guys kind of 
Are you just intent on playing your game of shuffleboard? Well, I th I think that because we have an odd number, we need to find a, a fourth to join us. And maybe even another person, because Eddie can't really play shuffleboard. I mean, we have to play for him. But he does run <laughs> after the pucks and uh, cause a lot of havoc, which is fun. But yeah, I think we're, uh, you know, after six years of being alone, I... I think I'd like to find someone new. What do you think, Bulldog? Do you think you could wingman for your boy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, for someone like you? I, I've been, you know, I've been waiting for you to say something like that. Oh, I'd love to, and I, I'm just glad that uh, you have me instead of one of your dipshit sons. Well, I love those dipshits, and I, I wouldn't trade them for any other dipshits, but... Uh, but I'm glad you're here and uh, you're willing to help me out. Maybe we'll find someone nice on this here uh, boat. I mean yacht. Watch it. Say it right. The captain was not in earshot of it. He's currently pushing the ship away from the harbor here. So you are safe calling it a boat for now. Martin, are you looking for someone in your own age range? Or where, do, where are you at with that? I have to find someone close to my own age. I can't be doing TikTok dances with young ladies. It's... Just not right because of my hip. It won't take a TikTok dance. Yes, I'm looking for a... <laughs> uh, you know, the the riper the berry, the sweeter the juice. Is that how they say it? Or the blacker, the ripeness of the blackberries. I'm looking for a black lady is who I'm looking for. No, <laughs> I, I'm looking for any lady that will have a retired cop. A 700-year-old uh, dark elf walks by. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, that was creepy. Uh. <laughs> why don't both of you creepy, roll me a d10? Well, I, I why don't both of you roll me a d10 to see how lucky you guys are. Um, call high or low before you roll your d10, and that'll be kind of a luck check here to see how successful you are in finding someone All right. that you were desiring. I'll call low, and I'm rolling d10. I rolled a five. I believe five's probably on the high. I don't know. I'll, I'll also call low. Uh, five is considered low. Okay. So <laughs> you rolled an eight, which is high. So you're yes. not quite as lucky. But Martin, you find a dark-skinned drow female, just as described before. She's uh, a couple hundred years old, but she doesn't look a day over a hundred. You know, she's she's got some wear and tear on her, but she's still got a gorgeous body. She's seemingly laughing and enjoying the sun at the front of the, the ship as you are and kind of watching over you, giving you a a sexual glance every time you kind of peek over while you're playing shuffleboard or looking around pre preparing to play shuffleboard. And she clearly also has a hip problem but with the other hip. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, she's got an arrow through her other hip that she had to have surgery on to fix but it didn't go quite as well. Uh, Bulldog, you are looking around and all the women kind of that in your kind of age range have flocked away and it's mostly dudes that made it up to the front of the deck besides this one drow female uh okay i'll just um i'll just be your wingman okay uh she's giving you eyes you got this you we go up to them and uh her and her is she have a friend there maybe we can get her to you know get someone to partner with me and you two partner it's been so long since I tried to hit on a lady. What do you what do you think I should say, Bulldog? I mean, I've watched your moves. You mostly just bark. <laughs> See if she has a great-great-great-granddaughter for me. 
Well, you know, uh, all I do is I'm, I just be myself. I'm never not myself. That's the magic. Just be yourself. Hmm. That sounds like terrible advice. I have an ability here which allows Eddie to sometimes do tricks if he's in the mood. I don't know if he's in the mood, but damn it, Eddie, if there was ever a time. I try to uh, see if I can get Eddie to um, to shake hands and, and roll over to for her amusement. <laughs> There's your wingman. <laughs> Eddie runs over to this drow female, places his paw out, and she goes over and accepts it, takes a, another long, hard look at you as Eddie does a backflip in front of her and <laughs> lands on both of his feet. I, uh, I walk over to join them and say, Good boy, Eddie, and I toss him a, uh, a treat. I say to the drow, Hello there, uh, my name is Martin. I see you've met little Eddie here. He's been working on that trick for months and we finally perfected it even though he's supposed to do a double backflip but that was still pretty good eddie well done good boy good boy uh nice to meet you nice to meet you what's your name uh, my name is martin i retired uh, seattle police officer i uh, have a whistling hip because i was shot by a punk <laughs> wow well my name is melissa and i have a whistling hip because i was shot in the hip by my dumbass cousin with an arrow my goodness, we both have whistling hips? I feel like... Uh, Who would have thought, huh? It's it's meant to be. And also, that sounds like a pretty good, like, rock band. The whistling hips, don't you think? I do. What kind of music do you listen to? Uh, mostly speed opera. They, <laughs> they have to belt it out real quick, because I don't have a lot of patience. Speed opera? I've never heard of that. Well, I may have made it up. Uh, what do you like? I mostly just listen to classical music, you know. I like nice piano players, flautists, things of that nature. They really get my juices flowing. Well, I think they may have a concert on this uh, yacht, if you'd like. Uh, perhaps we could attend together. Again, I'm just making stuff up. I, I do believe they did have an orchestra on board. They weren't supposed to play for a few hours, but let's go see if we can find them, shall we? Why, yes, um... Bulldog, uh, do you mind watching Eddie uh, for a few minutes? Uh, I'm going to take a spin around the ship here with Melissa. Oh, yeah, no, uh, that's, um, yeah, I'll, Eddie and I will play shuffleboard with each other. That's fine. Little one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, oh, come on, Eddie. Why did he even ask me for advice? Yeesh, that was just all-star. Never understand how he made Frasier and that other goober. I can still hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa and Martin begin to head off on the ship doing their own exploring, looking for the orchestra. Bulldog, are you doing anything else or are you just going to hang out up there and play shuffleboard with Eddie? Um, I'll play shuffleboard for now. Maybe when you <laughs> check back in, there'll be something interesting going on. <laughs> hey, come on, Eddie. <laughs> Go ahead and roll me a D10 as you play shuffleboard with Eddie. Sometimes it's not all about talking to ladies. Sometimes it's about putting out the vibe, <laughs> letting them see you in your natural habitat. Right now, you're just a cool guy playing shuffleboard with a dog. <laughs> There's a lot of women who would find that very sexy. And you know that because I rolled a three on my D10. He rolls a 10 to see how bad he's beaten yeah. by a dog. <laughs> okay, Eddie, uh, 
Martin said you didn't know how to play and you're kicking my ass 17 to 4. What? I I mean, uh, I'm a little rusty, but come on. So you rolled a 4. Yeah, you are not... I wouldn't say you're dominating Eddie, but you're definitely ahead <laughs> by a point or two. But he somehow <laughs> figured out how to put the shuffleboard uh, stick in his mouth and he's somehow keeping up with you. And a crowd is starting to gather, although you're more focused on the game at the moment since you're not really winning and you don't want to lose to a dog. Uh, we leave that area of the ship and head down to the wine cellar. Uh, Daphne and... Sorry. Yeah, some guy runs by our scene and he goes, I hear there's some dog is playing a disabled guy up on the deck. We gotta see this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you guys make note of that or do you guys continue heading towards the wine cellar? Uh, I think it's just business as usual. Uh, Niles says maybe uh, well, it looks like dad and bulldog found something to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they'll be causing trouble all the, uh, all afternoon. They'll be hyped up. I'll have to put them down for a nap later. Both of them. Daphne and Niles, it takes you a few minutes to find, but you find the wine cellar. It's it got a nice cool temperature in there and there's every vintage style of wine that you could possibly desire inside. Now what should I be looking for? I'm not as good at wine as you, Niles, so what's a what's something to start with? Well, let's see. Uh, what flavors do you enjoy in a wine? Do they have anything in wild cherry? <laughs> uh, perhaps in the children's section. <laughs> they have children's wines? Really? This one comes with a crazy straw. <laughs> and we thought the French were depraved. <laughs> Alright, well then what should I like? I've heard is is um what's vintage is do you prefer? Uh well it's a what? common misconception that the older the wine the better. It depends on the year, uh for example Your father just says the latter, the first part. <laughs> Am I finding good wines on the the shelves, or...? Go ahead and make me an intelligence check. Roll your d10 and then add your intelligence modifier, which would be a 5 for you. Yeah, uh, so I rolled a 5 and then intelligence is a 5. So with a 10, yes, you were able to find some very decent wines. Nothing spectacular. You know they are in in here buried around somewhere. You can kind of get the, the sense based on the way the wines are categorized and and everything that there are probably more expensive wines but this is the highest end one that you can find at the moment it is a a wine that's combined with the blood of a adult dragon oh i love that flavor of mad dog 2020 <laughs> <laughs> well actually daphne this is a uh, 1967 chateau san michel named for saint michael who was uh, famously the slayer of dragons oh really all right. So, I mean, I've never had dragon blood before. It might be a little advanced for an unsophisticated palate, but I think you should give it a try. Unsophisticated? Well, then what do you think of this? And she's going to grab it. Uh, can, can she do a strength check to see if she's... Uh, my goal is to... Rip the cork out with your teeth. <laughs> yeah, and then show how classy she is. Like, oh, I'm, I can handle twice as much dragon blood as anybody. And I want her just to start chugging until 
uh, the dice determine she stops. Okay, I'll say easy enough. You have a strength of five, so easy enough you're able to pull out the cork. You're just going for how long you can drink this for? Yeah, I wonder if she wants to prove uh, just that she can handle this classy beverage. All right, roll a d10 for me. Roll a seven. You're good with the first couple of uh, chugs that you take. If you'd like to keep going, go ahead. She's going to look at Niles to see if he's impressed, and uh, judging by the look on his face is determining whether or not she's going to keep going. Uh, go ahead and give me a wisdom check. Okay. Uh, she rolled a four. You have a wisdom of four, so that's an eight. Uh, Niles, you can pretty clearly see the look on Niles' face. Niles, how are you feeling? Not impressed, more um, shocked, but maybe not appalled. Just, uh, yeah, I think shock's the way to go. Is he whitewashing in his pants? <laughs> and Niles, are you turned on by this at all? Uh, well, I mean, it's Daphne. Of course, you're going to be turned on a little bit. Okay, then roll a D10, call high or low since it's canon. <laughs> oh my God. Just blasting loads. <laughs> oh, oh we're, we're going ugly early today. <laughs> it's a good way to lose reputation. Right, I'm going to go low because that seems to be the way the show's gone today. Between Frazier's <laughs> mouth and your, your whatever the opposite of nocturnal emissions is, <laughs> is the reason. I knew this was a grand nutting adventure. <laughs> uh, with a five, you're able to control yourself. Uh, Daphne Moon, you see the look of shock on Niles's face. But it doesn't seem to be a bad look of shock. Yeah, I see the look of excitement on his face. In my mind, I'm like, but I'm going to keep chugging, rolling those dice. Rolled another seven. Uh, yeah, you're, you've taken about, you're, you're about halfway through the bottle right now. Uh, you're still looking good. You're not really feeling any effects of anything at the moment. Um, I'll just go roll one more time then. See, which, uh, roll the two. A two, you start feeling your stomach kind of like it's it's coming back up I, I might have drank too much too fast you feel like you're about to start throwing up if you don't do something to remedy it immediately uh, she's going to stop drinking immediately she's going to turn around she's going to recognize that uh, her her the muscles in her stomach are contracting she can feel her mouth watering she knows she's about to throw up uh, so she is going to enact an ancient uh, self-healing uh, massage technique that she learned uh, from a massage sensei and uh, she is going to start massaging her stomach muscles to try to relax them to try to slow down the nausea. With that you are easily able to stop yourself from regurgitating the adult dragon wine that you have been ingesting in front of Niles. Oh, sorry about that Dr. Crane. Uh, whew, uh, I had a little bit of uh, menstruation troubles. Sorry about that. All done. <laughs> That's, you're embarrassed, so you cover up the administration. <laughs> I mean, it was, um, it was gas. I mean, it wasn't gas. It was... Constipation. It was constipation. <laughs> it was, um, I had to powder my nose. Excuse me. So with that, Niles... Daphne goes to the restroom. What do you do? I um I I re I think I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, it's show canon that Niles gets seasick like real easily. <laughs> yes, uh, Niles. Out of nowhere, you begin to feel seasick. <laughs> <laughs> You're starting to turn green, Doctor Crane. Oh um uh uh nothing. 
Oh, I forgot about it, your seasickness. Oh, just, why, why did we take you on a bloody boat? We should have known. <laughs> <laughs> Is he getting nauseated because of the poor grammar? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's not nauseous. It's nauseated. Ooh. <laughs> Let's get you some ginger ale and uh, get you all, uh, all hanging off the side of the boat. Let's go up top, Dr. Crane. Come on. <coughs> she grabs a bottle of the super expensive wine that she just had and put it in her pur- puts it in her purse. Are you just going for the same battle or you're just grabbing at random in the area? I'm going to grab in the same area that Dr. Crane grabbed from. Roll me a D10 call high or low. Hi. I rolled an eight. With an eight, you reach in, you grab a similar looking bottle of wine, but in the rush, you're unable to look at it at the moment. Let's get you some air, Dr. Crane. Sounds good, Daphne. With that, we head over to the bar area with Roz. Roz, you are (laughs) surrounded by, let's call it 20 men and a another, well, 21 with the very attractive shirtless bartender. (laughs) Started like the films you did in college, Roz. <laughs> <laughs> Roz is just absolutely in heaven right now. She, although it's not classy, probably, she just strips down to her bathing suit right away to go sit at the bar. Um, <laughs> she orders um, scotch on the rocks, and she is just looking around at all the sexy men. It's kind of like that, um, the scene in Night at the Roxbury where they go through the bar and they're just saying, hi, hey, what's up to everyone, except she's just <laughs> looking at every man like a piece of meat. And just every one is better than the next. Roz at the meat market. She is hungry. Or thirsty, I guess. Did did anybody else come with swimwear under their clothing, or is this just something Roz? That's badass. No, this is this is a Roz. That's a Roz. She's ready. Yeah. She knows what she has. She looks good. She she just fasted for a week before this. Roz, go ahead and give me a charisma check. Roll a d10 and add your charisma modifier, which is four. An eight. An eight plus four is 12. Yeah, with a 12, you were definitely feeling yourself at the front of this boat. You were kind of flaunting what you got out there, and men are definitely taking notice. You're getting massages on your shoulders from two to three men at a time. You're, back, you're getting rubbed in all the right places. The bartender is giving you whatever you want to drink. And, you know, you might just, if you're playing your cards, continue to play your cards right, be getting a, a mani-pedi from these men pretty soon. Don't mind if I do. Uh, yeah, I don't... Does she just start asking for stuff? I don't... Does she, she wants to be fanned with, like, palm fronds and be fed grapes, you know? Yeah, you are getting treated to whatever you desire. They begin bringing you grapes. They begin fanning you. You look like a Greek goddess in front of this bar with all these people just kind of attending to your every need. You have flaunted it, and you have got the attention that you desire. (laughs) Do you do anything with this attention? Um, Who do I talk to to become a regular at this um, yacht party? Well, young lady... I could really get used to this. I I can see that you can. Uh, You'd have to become good friends with the the captain, Captain Baxter there, and 
win his uh, heart over. I mean, this is his ship. He says who comes on and off of it. They, he, they just invited us, us up here for the day to entertain you, my beautiful lady. Oh. Will the captain be making his way down to the bar anytime soon? Uh, yes, we're, uh, land's kind of disappearing behind us, so I think that's about time for him to kind of put this uh, boat on autopilot and join us uh, whenever he can. Within the next five to ten minutes, as you are getting fanned, a couple of the men around you leave. They hear a commotion about a dog and a man in a shuffleboard contest at the front of the ship, and they, they take off. So now you're only surrounded about ten men, but you see the captain beginning to descend from his captain's lodge over by the steering wheel of the ship. Um, okay, so Roz slowly but surely separates herself from all her adoring men to get closer to the captain and wants to engage in some small talk with him to try and get in his good graces. She grabs a some sort of uh, see-through sarong type thing that she has <laughs> in her purse. Always... To, you know, have a, a, a just this 2% mystery um, that she drapes over her midsection. Um, uh, Captain, this is, this yacht is just beautiful. I just can't get over how wonderful this is. This is the best day of my life. You should be so lucky to be on top of this ship. <laughs> I mean, yacht, it's a glorious, glorious thing. It is. I, I sail it around the world at least uh, twice, maybe three times a year if I'm lucky. <laughs> wow, well, you've done a really great job, and I, I will be honest with you. I just, I really hope to be invited back sometime. This is just, this is spectacular. It was like you made this just for me. And a boob falls out. <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> oh, oh my, that's, that's, that's a wonderful tit, madam. <laughs> I had a question for you, though. I, I, I couldn't help but notice that uh, you're the one that helps out Fraser, yes? <laughs> oh, yeah, I basically do everything for Fraser. I'm his producer. If it wasn't for me, he would have no show. She's feeling very high and mighty. I can't help but see that he's uh, not on the ship today to enjoy this celebration. <laughs> yeah, he's he's missing out, I'm sure, but you know, he's I see enough of him during the week. This is fine. Well, we'll have to have him back aboard <laughs> later on when you come back so we can show him the good time as well. If that means I get to come back, I, I can put up with having Fraser on this beautiful yacht with me. You bring him back, lady, and you will have your own private cabin aboard this ship whenever you want. <laughs> oh my god. Maybe Fraser's boobs could fall out of his swimwear next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, is there anything I can do for you, young lady, right now while we're, uh, in the midst of open waters, and I can give it a second to before I have to get back to the helm. I mean, if you wanna help me untie my bathing suit so I can get some sun on my back, that'd be great. Maybe put some sunscreen on? Well, should we uh, do this near the captain's quarters? I don't want the rest of these men to get jealous. <laughs> <laughs> no, that they... 
they'll be fine. I think we can do it near the, she's like still wanting all of their attention. She's getting pretty greedy. Did you put your tit away at this point as well, or is it still out? Yeah, her, her tit is back home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very slowly put it away. But I'm always down to uh, lube up a lady and keep her protected from the sun. <laughs> Give me that yeah, back. Yeah, it's just really important. Yes, skin cancer is nothing to joke with. Please present the back and I will apply the lotion. <laughs> okay, so she turns around and... And the captain begins whitewashing <laughs> your back. As we... <laughs> <laughs> As we head back to the front of the ship, the ten men that were massaging Roz have now all gathered around Eddie and are massaging him. They want to see this great feat of a dog beat a human at shuffleboard, something that should never happen, but is could happen on the front of this boat. A janitor is like we're trying to rub bulldog shoulders. You, your shoulders look very stressed. Please let me let me massage that out. Oh no. Bulldog, you are kind of alone out here. You're getting no attention from any of the men, women, anyone that's kind of gathered around. They're all rooting for the dog to be, to beat you. Uh, very well. Um, first of all, he just kind of like is stare, having a thousand yard stare. Uh, his nose is up in the air, and then he gets like shakes his head, and he's like, "I was really distracting. I feel like I I missed another legendary moment." Of Roz somehow something something happened with Roz that I would have really liked to have seen, and and but I was here and I, I just can't <laughs> shake this feeling that I missed it. Uh, anyways, Eddie, what are you doing? You can get off the board. You can't be on the board. I know you're just a dog, but you know better. Don't play dumb with me, Eddie. This is BS. He did double backflip. That is amazing. He is dog. Yeah, but there's no blocking in shuffleboard. You can't you can't r chase the. P Come on. Everybody says, aw, as he, like, grabs the puck with his mouth. <laughs> as you push Eddie off the board, everyone kind of gives you a stern and angry look. Like, what the fuck are fuck you this doing? Guy. It's a dog. He touched dog. What, 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 what? I'm the bad guy? It was a clear violation. He's he's not just a... He's Eddie. He's not so dumb that you guys... This is not fair. This is not fair. This is total BS. <laughs> Martin's pretending not to know <laughs> Bulldog <laughs> As this happens You guys hear Subtle singing Coming off the Starboard side of the ship It seems that people are beginning to lose Interest in this game at the front of the ship And begin going over To the starboard side Everyone make me A wisdom saving throw Daphne rolled a 10 so did Niles. I rolled a three. You, you have a five in wisdom, so you rolled an eight, which is exactly what you needed. An eight was the minimum to get out of this. So, Bulldog. I rolled a seven plus three. So, with Bulldog, you rolled a seven, but you have a plus three, meaning that you have a ten. Everyone passes this, except for all the people on the boat. Is, is Roz here at this, or is she still at the bar? Roz, you you also everyone is coming out. So Martin and sorry, Martin and the old lady are still looking for the orchestra. They're on the upper deck of the ship, so they hear the singing coming from the starboard side. Oh my God, uh, Roz is obviously. What's on your back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is the orchestra all orcs? It's not an orchestra. But yes. <laughs> 
Uh, Bulldog is obviously playing at the front of the ship with Eddie, so he hears this. Roz is getting uh, lotion rubbed on her in the center of the ship by all the men. And about this time, Daphne and Niles have come up from below deck to get some fresh air. So everyone hears this. You see this beautiful enchanting lady, actually a group of three enchanting ladies, singing at the rocks on a little island off the starboard side. They are calling everybody on the ship over there with their lovely voice. All the men on the ship begin jumping overboard. Even some of the women begin doing so. Martin, the lady that Mm -hmm. you're with, it seems she's lost part of her mind. She is going to try to jump into the waters and swim over to these rocks to be with these beautiful ladies. Melissa, wait! It's a a siren song. Don't listen. And I shoot my gun into the air really loud. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, she is going to make a wisdom saving throw with advantage due to shooting your gun off there's a terrorist on board the ship Dr. Crane we have to go find him oh dad's just shooting Uh, his gun and I don't mean whitewashing With that gunshot work, she immediately snaps her head back towards you. Oh my dear, I don't know what was what what came over me. Whoa, we need to help these people. They're all going into the water. This is shark-infested water. Everything outside of Sostagarian Harbors is shark-infested water. That is uh, unfortunate that we took a cruise into this area. Uh, I'm glad you <laughs> s- <laughs> glad you snapped out of it, Melissa. I was just about to tell you about my first wife, Hester who I met at a murder scene. Uh, let me see if I can shoot these sharks. I, I try to... <laughs> shoot your shot. Should I shoot the sharks? or uh, So can I see any sharks in the water? Yes, there are about five large sharks in the water swimming around. Uh, they haven't eaten any of the people, but they are beginning to circle them in the water. I wonder if they're law-abiding. I could flash my badge. Um... <laughs> I try to get the attention of the people in the water, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm shooting into the air, and I'm yelling, and I'm like, Get out of the water! There's sharks! Look out! There's sharks! Martin, shoot the lady singing! I love the song! It's beautiful, but... I am honor-bound. I cannot shoot a woman. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can only shoot sharks. Uh, and punks in 7-Elevens. <laughs> Your shooting in the air gets the attention of about half the people in the water who begin swimming up to the ship. The crew begins lowering ladders so they can climb back up. But this school of five sharks is now surrounding uh, the remaining ten people in the water. Wait, God, Martin, Dr. Crane, listen, I'll remember from Shark Week, the arcane radio program that I look forward to every year that I force both of you and the other Dr. Crane to watch that sharks love blood and I remember that that wine that I got earlier had dragon's blood in it let's see if they like this can I try to pour the dragon's blood wine into the water this very expensive vintage into the water in front of Niles uh, to try to drag the, get the sharks away hopefully they're dragged into the blood and the wine and Niles tries to stop uh, her but he's yes. too seasick to make a good attempt <laughs> 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 Niles, why don't you give me a d10 roll as you begin to do a furtive movement while feeling seasick? 
Uh, with a four, you add some chum of your own into the water mixed in with this uh, red dragon wine. And they are going to make some checks to see how many of the sharks pull away from these people. It didn't work, Dr. Crane. I'm going to have to slice your arm and use real blood. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Three of the five sharks pull away and begin going after the chum in the water and the dragon wine. They begin attacking each other over this, and you can see they're kind of in a frenzy over each other. But there's still two that are kind of moving in on the group of this tin, swimming towards the siren call. All right. Throw some um, bulldogs in the water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use uh, Bulldog Sees. This is a great opportunity to uh, quit the game with Eddie <laughs> and get distracted. Eddie in the water. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Eddie, uh, no! <laughs> oh, darn it! Well, you can't finish this game or come back to it because who knows what the score is at this point. <laughs> I better go help these people. Um, and he pulls out his uh, tiny gong and tries to uh, focus it on the. Sh- well, I guess he's trying to. G- it hits everybody. Um, but it's going to hit the sharks for the higher, uh, damage roll to try to, let me just say this. Uh, so I'm going to use my tiny gong and I get to roll two dice and take the higher roll to damage the sharks and the lower roll will damage my allies. Um, and I'm going to try to, you know, wake everybody up with that damage as well as anybody that's still in the water. That is, uh, go ahead and hit your gong. Roll 2d10. That's going to be four damage to the sharks and one damage to the allies. So not too bad. So everybody takes one damage. Uh, Note that down for your characters. And the sharks take four damage. Trying to find a way to rule this because I'm going to make a save for the people in the water to see if they're damaged as well. Because there's odds are they might not be able to hear it since they're swimming towards the siren. Yeah, majority of them did not hear it. Uh, there's one or two that kind of are slightly rattled, and two of them, those two began swinging back towards the ship. The sharks uh, kind of draw their attention towards the ship for a second, biding a little bit more time for the people in the water to reach the shores, but they still got a good 30 seconds before they hit the shores of this uh, small island. I just don't understand. These people must really like who let the dogs out. I've just never heard that song and wanted to jump in the water. (laughs) (laughs) It's a brilliant acapella version. I'll give them that. It seems these last eight people are not going to be returning to the ship unless you guys do anything else. Do you guys do anything? Are they still in danger of the sharks? Uh, The sharks have... It seems like they're going to make it to land uh, due to uh, Bulldog's actions of ringing the gong that they're going to start heading uh, back and see what their other shark friends are are having a frenzy on. Okay, so the sharks is not the threat, but they are swimming to that island with the sirens, correct? Yes, the the three uh, Baja men-looking sirens, now that you can tell these aren't women. These are the Baja men. Oh, no. The siren call... The siren call of who let the dogs out is... Enchanting everyone over to the island. I think it's just because I listen to this song so much, it's a little bit overplayed for me at this point. 
and that's why I'm not uh, persuaded by this version. I followed the Baja men around woof, in 96. Woof, 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 woof. Now that I know these aren't actual sirens, this sexism is working towards me, and I can shoot these Baja men. <laughs> <laughs> officer shoots unarmed black men. <laughs> Retired officer. Uh, hey, they're not black men, are they? I, then I got to go back to the drawing board with this. I, I, uh, yeah, aim at the Baja men. Are they the actual Baja men? <laughs> I'm googling the Baja men right now. Please do. It's a, it's the Bahama men. I never got the joke of their name until just now. Holy shit. <laughs> Oh, neither did I. Wow. This is like Flo Rida all over again. How how Flo old is that song? Flo Rida. They're Bahamanian. The Bahamanian men. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> so you're shooting the Bahamanian men? I've got a second idea. <laughs> yes. uh, it's okay. You have a... There's a strong police union, Martin. I, uh... I'm going to use my inner light ability, I think. I think inner light might be a little better than shooting them. So I release the spirit of the punk kid who shot me in the hip to attack these Baja men. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As you wind up your hand and point your finger like a gun towards these Baja men, A large green beam of healing energy shoots out from your finger and lands upon the three of them. It begins circling them in a tornado of positive energy. Go ahead and roll me 3d10 for damage. I rolled a 6, a 6, and a 5. 17 total. You said a 6, a 6, and a 5? Yeah. Yes, 17, 17 points of damage uh, to these three Baja men. They're beginning to get carried away by this tornado of positive energy, but it seems that they're not quite done yet. They're still living inside of this, and the tornado of positive energy is beginning to uh, fade out. Does anybody else have anything they'd like to do to possibly finish off these Baja men? Yeah, uh, Niles is going to summon his uh, pet cockatoo baby. And, and send them towards the uh, the island of the Baja men. All right, go ahead and roll damage for me on that. <laughs> Niles, all those baby scars have healed up very nicely. <laughs> Is it a one d ten or what? What am I doing? You roll th- you roll three d ten and keep one. But if you roll a one, yeah, it latches onto your skull instead. <laughs> that I gotta see. Ooh, a oh. ten. Yeah. A ten. Yeah. For some reason, baby finds the weak point on these Baja men and begins going for their eyes and pecks out all their eyes. Oh my god! I thought the, uh, the weak point was their integrity. Do they scream? Who let the birds out? The weak point is that their name was too sophisticated for us all to get. True. Uh, the Baja men are no longer singing. They are. Lying on the ground, bleeding out of their eyes, and the people on the that are now on the shore break free of their curse. The Captain Baxter is able to send a rescue boat over for them and get them off the shores and bring them back on board. You saved all these people's lives. They were just barking for a concert. That's all they were doing. They just <laughs> wanted people to show up at their concert. 
<laughs> Does anyone finish the Bahaman off, or do we just let it bleed to death in the middle of the ocean? <laughs> Baby cruelly yes, does a... not finish them. <laughs> yes. uh, you do have the option if you want to kill these Baja men or not. It's entirely up to you. Uh, I, I mean, I guess I can't do it from the boat, but can I, can I like instruct Baby to finish the job? Murder, Baby! Uh, that'll use your second charge of Baby if you want to do that. It's per encounter, right? Or is that for the uh, whole? Yeah, we're, this whole this whole episode we're calling an encounter. Oh well, shit. Um, Don't do it, Niles. Show some restraint. We've maced the hell out of them. <laughs> this is the one time you could use it, and baby wouldn't attack your head. It's it's she's far away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, what the hell? I'll I'll try to finish off the Baja man, as I fantasize about in real life. <laughs> Roll me three more d10 for damage. Uh, you did roll a one. Baby kind of looks at you out of the corner of her eye as she digs into the brain of the remaining Bahaman and just stares at you while she does this. And you know that this, this look of hatred is for you as she murders three men. <laughs> you have one in the bank coming to you. <laughs> when you least expect it, baby's going to Kato you. Uh, Niles... Now, every time, if you roll a one or a two, baby will attack you as opposed to just a one. Okay. That's what I get for showing mercy. <laughs> it's a bloody, <laughs> bloody terrible bad pet, Niles. <laughs> just get a dog. Just get a bloody dog. <laughs> There's enough dogs here. So do the people that were um, swimming to the island, are they still doing that or are they coming back? Or, or what are they doing now? No, so Captain Baxter sends out a rescue boat uh, with some of his crew. They're able to get everyone back on board and avoid the sharks and bring them back aboard the ship. And uh, his his crew plants a gun on the Baja men. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone returns back to the boat after that. Roz is just uh, so happy to have her um, her admirers back on the boat now. She was like holding up her bikini top during the frenzy on her chest and asking what everyone why they were leaving. You guys, I can sing too. I can sing too. And she starts like terribly singing to try and get everyone to come back. And they don't. That's what she was doing that whole time. Start singing some Britney. Uh, Roz, roll me a D10 and add your charisma modifier. Five plus four. Four. She tries flashing some of the guys as they're running away, trying to stop them. Don't you want this? Uh, yes, many of the men are, are staring at you, singing uh, in the by the bar area of the ship, and you're keep you feel like you're keeping everybody who's on the ship still on the ship with your lovely singing voice. Uh, the captain, though, the does the leave. Tits and had heads. nothing to do with it. <laughs> it was just the voice. <laughs> I'm not yet a woman. <laughs> The captain does head back to the captain's quarters of the boat, though, uh, to begin replotting the uh, course of the ship. Uh, the The captain closes the door, and uh, you kind of hear him plodding around. You see crew members going back and forth, talking with him, picking the people up off the boat, and the boat begins to set sail again, this time away from the island, more in a westerly direction, away from Sostagaria. 
Uh, real quick, did I see Roz, or did Bulldog see Roz lift her top this time? Roz, were you showing your tits off while singing? Is that what you said? Or was that something I said? <laughs> I think that was something Daphne said. I think she, I think she was holding her, like trying to keep her uh, bathing suit top on that she had untied. She was just kind of like oh, holding it holding over it her. Up, not yeah. holding it, not holding it up, holding it. She up. didn't have time to to retie it completely. So during the frenzy, she was just kind of holding it up. So no, no actual flashing. Okay, then uh, then Bulldog does not spring an anime-style nosebleed. <laughs> <laughs> it is about another half an hour of sailing, everybody enjoying themselves on the boat, when you begin to hear a call from the crow's nest up above. Pirates ahoy! Pirates ahoy! Off the port side! They're coming in fast! This is the worst cruise I've ever been on. I can't believe this is the route we take. Just sirens and sharks pirate. Melissa, oh my. I feel like we should get off this damn yacht. Well, how do you suppose that we do that? Maybe uh, an escape uh, vessel or uh, maybe we can catch the wind just right with our whistling hips. <laughs> oh, and we'll just both just fly away? Is that what we want to do? Just... Fly away with me? I do. You're such a romantic. Well, thank you. I try. I learned a little of that from my son, Frey. He couldn't be here today because his poor little stomach can't take these waves. And I uh, I wish I'd stayed home with him, really, but then I would have never met you. Well, I'm glad that you took the chance and came on this ship, and, and we have this uh, little lover's date on this ship with each other. I do wish I could fly away with you. That would be just a dream for me. I agree. But since we can't, let me load my gun. <laughs> yeah. Please save me from these pirates. Oh, my little heart just cannot take it. Well, we have nothing to worry about a pirate. I've seen the captain. He looks like a modern major general. These pirates are going down. Go ahead and roll me a d10, Daphne, as you say that. Surely this captain would have planned for pirates and has a something up his sleeve. Daphne rolled a five. You said an intelligence check? Because that's not going to be very good. Uh, no, this would be a wisdom check. You can know cowardice when you see it. She turns around. What does she see when she looks up at the captain's quarters? Uh, what is your modifier for wisdom? I believe it's four. She's pretty good at four. Yes, you with a nine, you don't see anything from the captain's quarters but you do hear the sound of hammer and nails and kind of see a shadow across the window of the door moving back and forth as the hammer and, and nails are are kind of sounding off. She instinctively says, Niles is boarding himself up in the... And she looks and sees that Niles is right next to him. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's, I apologize, Niles. You'll be quite brave right now. It's that yellow-bellied captain we got to worry about. All right, looks like we're on our own, guys. Uh, as you say this, the pirate ship begins pulling up to the port side of the ship. Uh, this yacht is not equipped with any guns or any way to deal with pirates, and the pirates begin swinging on ropes, boarding the ship. They call for a full halt of the ship uh, where it stands, and some of the crew members go up to the uh, steering wheel of the boat and begin taking down, ordering other sailors to take down the sails, and the boat comes to a slow stop um, with the 
pirate ship attached to the port side. The pirates begin coming at you guys with swords. They definitely outnumber the amount of of people that are on this ship. What do any of you do? What if we had... Do I think that 12 bulldogs would help sway this fight in our favor? <laughs> uh, do you think that? It, it definitely might not help. might not hurt. I mean, I just like by the numbers, would that be a wise choice? I'm just... Well, what I'll describe a little more about what you see. These pirates don't appear to be coming after you. They just appear to be boarding the ship and waiting. Oh, you think you're tough with your swords? Well, what if I told you that one of the finest swordsmen to ever live was on this ship? And he doesn't appreciate you boarding it. Isn't that right, Niles? Show him your flaming sword. Beat <laughs> them all up, no. Niles. <laughs> Niles runs to the... Uh railing and, and hurls his guts out into the ocean. Oh, you're, you're lucky he's got a bit of sea sickness, otherwise he'd wipe the poop deck with all of you. Can I call Eddie to me? Yes, Eddie comes and runs to your side. He is ready for combat right now. To next me, to Eddie, I brought a little something special for this trip. I knew we were going on a yacht and I brought some vacation clothes as well. As Eddie's combat attire. And I put on his little... Eddie has a little, uh... <laughs> like, battle cat costume. Like, uh... Cringer from He-Man. It's not really, like, functional in any way, but it just kind of looks badass. How is Eddie and Ross the only two who brought something else to change into? <laughs> well, it was... <laughs> it was a three-hour tour. Who packs for that? <laughs> I thought I was going on a nutting adventure. That's why I bought my nut clothes. <laughs> Which was part of the reason that was really holding me back during the shuffle game, you know, shuffleboard game. The nutting clothes just aren't made for shuffleboard. Yeah, you got all those nutcrackers in your pockets. They kept falling out. <laughs> I'm allergic to your bullshit. Ross did fine in her nutting clothes. Hold on, pirates. We're, we got some old banter. One second. <laughs> You see a lavishly dressed pirate standing on the plank in between the two boats, just kind of tapping his foot, waiting for you guys to finish your your banter back and forth. One more thing, and I put a little tiny hat on Eddie. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> oh, it's adorable. Hey, it's my little warrior. All right, now, Mr. Pirate, <laughs> what did you have to say? Well, if that'll be all, I'm claiming this ship for the might and the honor of Captain Ron Daiquiri. No. Wait, the Ron Daiquiri? Yes, the pirate legend Ron Daiquiri. I've heard tales. Is this a good thing, Mr. Bulldog? I mean, I've heard things that he's not that bad. As far as pirates go, he's kind of cool. But, uh, I mean... It's that folk hero from Parrot's Port. I bloody know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, in fact, me, yes. Uh, my reputation precedes me. <laughs> Your voice is lovely. <laughs> it fluctuates from time to time, and it's passed on from generation to generation. You know? Just like the Dread Pirate Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're not the real, you're not the original Captain Daiquiri Ron. Oh. This is it. Perhaps I've said too much, but I, the spirit lives on nonetheless. That voice, it's giving me flashbacks to the Korean War. 
I saw so much combat. <laughs> the enemy, it's had that voice. Me and Rip Taylor were in a foxhole together. <laughs> For two days, I had to listen to Rip Taylor. Throwing confetti. <laughs> it was extremely festive. <laughs> he kept my spirits up, that wonderful man. Sweet, sweet man. I loved him so. You all are not my enemy. My enemy is the Privilegington family whose boat you are on now, and I don't it's know what you guys are doing sorting around with this type. It's a fucking boat. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> You've just lost 15 reputation. <laughs> I'm a pirate. I don't give a shit about my reputation. Uh, good point. Good point. I guess I won't flash this badge at you then. I, I don't give a shit about your loss. Where's Captain Baxter privileging 10? I want to see him now. I need to kill him before you guys go into unholy water. He's that captain who kept allowing us to this ship to get attacked by Baja men and, and pirates. He's up there. He boarded himself in the bloody... Uh, He's the worst. We didn't know his last name. Yeah, I'll be name honest. Either. This has been a terrible journey so far. So I'm not really worried about, like, take take it over. Go ahead. I know, Roz, Roz, we're not cock-blocking you. I saw you spent some game with the captain. Um, we're not. Yeah, Roz has, like, this super disappointed look on her face. Like, God damn it. I thought this was my life now. Like, <laughs> why does this always happen to me? <laughs> It's not too late to get into a will, especially if he's about to die, Roz. <laughs> As you guys continue your conversation, you see Captain Ron Dackery and his crew head to the door of the captain's quarters and begin trying to battering ram the door down. It seems that Baxter Privilegington is no stranger to cowardice and barricading himself inside rooms. They're having a hell of a time getting in there. Uh, after about five minutes, you hear an, un, an unknown sound to most of you, but the ship begins to propel itself forward. It appears from inside of his quarters, Captain Baxter has been able to activate an arcane engine on the front of the ship. And the crew inside, or the pirates, are trying like hell now even harder to get into the quarters of the ship. It's that then when Captain Ron Dackery turns back towards you. We have to get everyone off the ship now, immediately. He's taken us into kraken infested waters. We gotta get off the ship. Worst Captain Is that ever. what that roaring sound I've been hearing is? No, that's an, that's an arcane engine underneath the ship. It's propelling us forward. We're only mere seconds away from the kraken infested water. That's why we had to storm the ship immediately and save all of you. Come on, Melissa, Eddie, let's get the hell off this ship. I'm with this guy. I, 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 he reminds me of Rip Taylor, and that's good enough for me. <laughs> As everyone begins to disembark from the ship, the door from the captain's quarters blows open. It's there as you look inside. You can see Captain Baxter Privilegington kneeling in the middle of a pentagram, surrounded by candles inside of his room, saying a dark prayer. Oh, he likes the movie The Craft as well. Bloody good. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Musta, crackish. Musta, crackish. The time has come to awaken him. Musta, crackish. Musta, crackish. 
I call upon the ancient lords of the underworld to bring forth the beast and awaken, 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 awaken. As that happens, sorry, whoops. <laughs> That's the best part. <laughs> sorry, whoops. Bulldog says. Okay, that's enough, Frazier. Great practical joke. Good job. <laughs> I know. He, I knew it. He set us up. Okay, you can come on out now. Very funny, Frazier. <laughs> Very funny. Great job. Good. Good prank. Maybe he walks up and does that, like tries to pull the mask off the captain. <laughs> <laughs> As this prayer finishes. Tentacles begin to grapple both of the ships and come over both the port and starboard side of each ship and begin trying to pull it down into the water. With that, we are now in combat. Everyone, roll a d10 for initiative. Somebody's trying to turn this ship into some sort of sick hentai adventure. Uh. Not on Daphne's watch. (laughs) (laughs) Martin, as you begin to try to move Melissa to the safety of the pirate ship and tentacles begin to wrap around it. You see this attractive, muscular Britishman come up and take Melissa away from you. Don't worry, sir, I've got her. Whoa, whoa, calm down, Robert Irvine. Is that Nigel? I went to masseuse school with (laughs) Nigel. Yes, it is me, Daphne, Nigel, and I'm here to take care of Melissa. You take care of your old man, I'll take care of mine, just how we taught, we were taught in school. Absolutely, Niles, it's great. We had, he was kind of a fling I had back in massage school. We had a will they, won't they thing for a long time. You know, it's one of those people you say if you're like not... like 11 seasons, it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> one of those things that if you, <laughs> you say that in 20 years, if you're not married to somebody, you got to get married to that person. How serendipitous, he's here now, and it's been exactly 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just wonderful how happy I am for both of you. (laughs) Oh, you, I have to introduce you after we kill this Kraken. You'll love him. (laughs) Uh, Martin, what did you roll? I rolled a four. I don't know what to add to that, if anything, but that's what I rolled. And everybody else rolled fives. Sorry, Daphne did not. So, Roz, you are up. You have... Four tentacles surrounding the ship, uh, pulling it downwards. As you begin to evaluate what you want to do, you see the mouth of the Kraken begin to come up above the water and bite onto the front of the yacht. Um, okay. Let's start with my knoll summoning. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, my lady? (laughs) And what will I have you do, knoll? Anything for you, Roz. Noel the Noel reporting in. (laughs) Noel, I need you to cut off one of these tentacles. Uh, oh shit, that's a lot of... Okay, uh, will do. (laughs) Just one. Just one. Sorry, Noel, I thought you loved me. Um, I just... My mistake, Noel. (laughs) I thought you wanted me to survive, Noel. Guess I'll just be throwing out all that old hair in my brush. And not giving it to you. <laughs> Noel, without regard for his personal safety or welfare, runs up. And which uh, tentacle would you like him to start attacking? Um, there's one on. There's two on the ship that you're on, which is the yacht. And there's two on the pirate ship. Uh, one on each side of the ship. One on the port and one on the starboard. The one on the uh, the yacht port. Port yacht. Yeah, port. Which Port is the one that's tentacle. in between you and the and the pirate ship. All right, so roll me a d10 for the amount of damage that he does to it. 
seven. Seven points of damage. We're going to call that uh, tentacle three. Uh, the one on the starboard side of the yacht is four, and then it'd be one and two for the ones on the pirate ship. That is your turn. Daphne Moon, you are up. Uh, Daphne Moon is going to run up to the next tentacle that is uh, dragging down the ship that we are currently on and is going to uh, use her strength and her uh, pronounced masseuse muscles to uh, basically kind of do like an arm wrestling competition to try to get this thing, pry this thing off. Like, oh, you, you think you're so strong, Mr. Kraken? You should try getting the knots out of... The mountain from Game of Thrones. That's right. I name drop him. He's a client. Are you using an actual skill or are you just trying to strength roll against a Kraken? Uh, I'm going to use a strength roll against a Kraken. <laughs> I'm going to... Um... <laughs> Not dissuaded by that. One tentacle. One tentacle. <laughs> All right. Roll me a D10 and add your strength modifier, which is a five. Dang, she's strong. Fourteen. Uh, you are just as strong as a kraken, so he's going to roll a d10 and add five. So she rolls up her sleeves. Can we establish that Daphne came wearing a trucker hat to this classy thing? <laughs> she turns backwards. Daphne came with a purse, and as Daphne runs up and approaches it, she pulls a trucker hat out of her purse and flips it around backwards and begins wrestling with this tentacle arm of the kraken. She slams it down back off the boat in between the ships. It's not going to have a turn this upcoming round. It'll It's going to be down underwater and it's going to recover. So you took care of that. Yeah, the crack I've never seen over the top. <coughs> the BBC plays it regularly in Cumberland. <laughs> Bulldog, you're up. So uh, which tentacles are where that have been damaged? And uh, Only tentacle three has been damaged, which is on the port side of the yacht. Okay. But it is currently underwater and unable to be attacked, recovering after being slammed by Daphne. So there's Tentacle 1 on the port side of the pirate ship, Tentacle 2 on the starboard side of the pirate ship, and Tentacle 4 on the starboard side of the yacht. Okay, and uh, but the path is clear to get to the pirate ship now? Yes, there's well, there's one tentacle in between the two ships still, but uh, you could try to make it over there if you desire. I just, yeah, I feel like we should get off of this vessel which has the bad guy on it, and get to the pirate ship. So I'm going to try to deal with the tentacle in between our escape. And so I'm going to ru- run up and use my thick skull, my headstrong ability, headbutt target for four, ca- four keep two, uh, and knock them backwards. And who are you headbutting again, I'm sorry? The um, Kraken tentacle that's blocking us from getting on the pirate ship. Okay, uh, go ahead and roll your damage for your headbutt. Okay, so the top two dice will be a 10 and a 5, uh, 15. All right, so you... Well, I mean, you're headbutting the tentacle into the ship as well. So the ship's going to take a little bit of damage as the tentacle uh, strikes into it. So it'll take 2d10 damage as well. But it's a ship, so it's a little bit hardier. 12 points of damage to the ship. And... You said 15 points of damage to Tentacle 2? Yes. Uh, yeah, your headbutt, you see, leaves a visible bruise that kind of splits down the middle as it starts swelling and it begins oozing this black ichor. Nice. Niles, you are now up. Uh, I'm also going to go after Tentacle 2 since it's uh, already damaged with uh, the fencing foil. Just standard fencing foil? Or are you f- yeah, I'm not, I'm not using the super 
fencing foil yet. All right, go ahead. Roll your damage. Yeah, he grabs a rope and swings down to the tentacle uh, like uh, Errol Flynn or <laughs> uh, those old Robin Hood movies. Roll me a dexterity check for that. So roll me a d10 and add plus one to it. Uh, seven total. Uh, yeah, as you begin to, I guess you're recovering from the seasickness since you're now stationary. You grab onto a rope right beside you. You fly over and give it a poke with your fencing foil, only doing three points of damage to this large muscular tentacle. Uh, but it, you do see a little bit of black ichor begin to drip out of the side of it. Oh, that was that was cute. What you could do with a sword compared to what I did with my skull. <laughs> <laughs> No, Nigel and I were very impressed by your moves, Niles. Oh, uh, I'm so happy to hear Nigel was impressed. <laughs> smashing good job, old boy. Smashing good job. And I get nothing? I get no thanks. I used my <laughs> head and did five times as much damage as this guy. And no one thanks me. No one's impressed with me. Okay, I see how it is. This is total BS. That CTE really stacks up, doesn't it? <laughs> there, there. Good <laughs> Martin, you are up. I, uh... You just hear a lot of smooching coming from the back room. <laughs> uh, Martin shows up with lipstick all over his face. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I was busy. Uh, uh, below decks. <laughs> I, uh, I have two options that I can see here. One, flash my badge at the Kraken. Uh, I don't think I'm going to do that, so I'll do two. I... I'm going to attempt to stop this uh, demonic captain from controlling the Kraken against us. So I'm going to accost that Captain Baxter and uh, shoot him in the damn head is what I'm going to (laughs) do. Headshot time, baby. (laughs) I can't go on a cruise without it. Foolish mortal. What do you think your simple bullets can do to me? I don't know. It's uh, we'll see what the dice say. Okay, I rolled a four, a five, and a six. So I keep the five and the six. Eleven. Solid. Yes, this bullet goes straight into the skull of Captain Baxter. He begins profusely bleeding out of the head, but you see the wound begin to seal back up and push the lead out of his skull. Uh, He's still bleeding from the wound, but it didn't doesn't appear your damage did enough to kill him. Damn it, you're tougher than a 7-Eleven punk. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a little bitch boy like him. Go, Eddie, use your battle armor. I I uh, summon, <laughs> I send Eddie <laughs> to attack. <laughs> or if you'd rather do a trick, it's really up to your mood, according to the character sheet. <laughs> no, Eddie can attack. It's uh, 1d10 of damage, so as you send him forward in his Battle cat costume, is that what you said? Yes, he looks like a good old battle cat or cringer. Uh, go ahead and roll me another d10 for damage. Eddie rolled a nine. Way to go, Eddie! Eddie runs up, bounces off his thigh, and goes straight for the throat. Oh, oh what? Fucking shit, get this thing off me, what the... And he's now has a dog attached to his throat. Good boy. 
Good luck chanting with that. I'm sorry, Martin. I had to wash his battle cat attire with holy water. It's all we had. Thank goodness you did. <laughs> I also washed my bullets in that. <laughs> uh, with that, that brings up the tentacles. Tentacle three is going to come out of the water and just float waiting to do something on the ship. Tentacle one is going to attack Martin because he's doing the most damage. Tentacle one does. And he's dressed like a Japanese schoolgirl. <laughs> I am. I thought this was a themed cruise. They told me we're all dressing as Yuki or whatever. Uh, Yukio, I don't know. a battle cat. I am a geisha. Tentacle 2 is going to release from the pirate ship and slam down at Martin, who's staring down Captain Baxter and slaps him in the back and he flies across the ship into one of the masts, doing 16 points of damage. Ah, oh, my whistling back is also bad too just like my hip all my bones whistle when you crush them <laughs> how many how many hit points do i have total i've taken uh, you have 35 now. total hit points so you're at about half health or less bulldog the scene that you were headbutting one of them another one comes down but it's the one from the opposite side of the pirate ship so it barely uh, nips you and does five points of damage but pushes you away from the tentacle that uh is on the ports, or sorry, the starboard side of the pirate ship. Bulldog instinctually uses coward shield and ducks behind Daphne and she takes the damage instead. <laughs> Daphne, you can't help but to feel like this strike was meant for somebody else as you see Bulldog cowering behind you and a tentacle slaps you in the back of the head, dealing five points of damage. <laughs> Maybe I even take more damage because it's uh, he does that thing like where he tables behind me. Like, so it, <laughs> it knocks me over. Bloody hell, Mr. Briscoe. I, I, it's uh, instinct. I, uh, you know, I, I was the quarterback. It was my job not to get hit. And, and to, it was, I'm supposed to hide behind the blockers. And look at you, you're like a brick shit house. I don't even know anything about American football. I know that you're too short to be a bloody quarterback. From him tabletopping you, you only take one more point of damage. It is six points of damage total from that tentacle. You only got one of the damage you begged for. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm cool. Bulldog, you coward. Next time, hide behind Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at him. He's so much more muscular. I mean, look at him. He has strapping shoulders, calves that look like they were carved from mahogany. <laughs> Daphne's right, Nigel. You should get in there and attack the tentacle. <laughs> Use those big biceps, Robert Irvine. Right away, sir. You you can only tell me what to do, not that thin, frail man over there. I only respect the elderly. Good man. I flash my badge for no reason. You needlessly threw shade at Niles. <laughs> I respect that so much. <laughs> the fourth tentacle goes to slam down on top of Martin as well, but you see the handsome Captain Ron Dackery grapple the tentacle right in front of your face, Martin, I've got this one, boys. You take care of the rest. You don't got to worry about me. I've fought several Krakens in my day. Thank you, Ron. So it's a species. You're talking about Krakens? Of course it's a species. There's a shit ton of them. The fucking Sasagaria's oceans are full of them. Now, why don't you think we have any sailing adventures ever? The Bahaman? <laughs> Sharks? Pirates? 
You guys ran into the Baja men? You guys are lucky to be alive. They're real sons of bitches sometimes. <laughs> yeah, somebody let their souls out. <laughs> let their souls out? Who did it? <laughs> Who? Martin, Who? Martin, Martin, Who? Martin. <laughs> baby, let the baby. Baby, 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 the baby. Uh, Roz, you are back up. You have Tentacle 4 is taking care of. Tentacle 3 is in waiting, seeing what's going to do next. But Tentacle 1 and 2 are on the pirate ship. The Kraken is munching down on the front of the yacht. Uh, You think this vehicle may be inhabitable in a few moments. Okay. um, I am going to turn into a rhino. You're going to turn into a rhino, yes. I am rhino. And I will go for Tentacle 1. Uh, do you remember you have the ability to shoot a gun at it and also charge at it? So what are you... Okay. Can we say that the rhino is also wearing the bathing suit? Like it morphed <laughs> to fit the rhino's yep. body. And the rhino has massive tits. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> Should I shoot the Tentacle and then like charge at it? To That sounds like a great plan. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Try flashing that. the tentacle. Roll 3d10 for the gun, and then roll 2d10 for the uh, charge. As she transforms into a rhino, she keeps an eye out on all the dudes and the uh, who are watching the fight to see if any of them are aroused <laughs> by the rhino. That's a, that's a mark for later. We talk to him later. He will be my go-to at the end of this. <clears throat> Bulldog's like... I'm not sure why that works for me so much. I'm still working through that, but it ju- it's just something about that is so hot. Um, so I got 17 and then 10. Yeah, so you keep the top damage for your gun, so that's 7 points of damage, plus 10 points of damage for your charge attack. Uh, you do 17 points of damage, but you run across these ships. You somehow, as a rhino, hop off one of the tentacles charge across and knock this other tentacle off dealing 23 points of damage you can hear a yell from the captain's quarter of the yacht as you run into this uh, tentacle and knock it off the ship the person that would be able to see this the best would be Martin, go ahead and give me a d10 roll and add your wisdom modifier okay um, I'm not sure what my wisdom is but I roll it is 5, I rolled a 2 so that's a 7 yeah, seven, easy enough to see. You now see that it seems like the points of impact of damage you were doing to these tentacles are doing that same damage to Captain Baxter inside the hull of the ship. You see his left arm looks almost broken, but he's still kind of holding and pulling himself together as these dark spirits and dark, dark, uh, sorry, this dark energy is swirling up from the pentagram and kind of holding his uh, wounds together. Keep at it, everybody. We're we're hurting them. Daphne, you are now up. I'm going to run over to Martin, saying, Oh, damn it, if he dies, I'm going to be fired. I have to find a new place to live. Uh, 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 Nigel, uh, p- protect Niles for me, will you? I'm going to go take care of him. I can't let my patient die. I'll take care of whoever you need me to take care of. You've always been my lady. <laughs> oh, that is what we used to call each other. You know what? No time for memory lane. I'll be right back. And she is going to uh, run over to Martin. He's standing right next to the pentagram, right? Oh, no, he yeah, flew, flew, right? Yeah, flew away, a little ways off. Yeah, he got slammed into the mast, but he's, like, kind of in line with the, the the cabin door, but he just flew back. 
away from the cabin door where you're shooting from. What she wants to do is is um, is go over and help Martin, but um, I want to say like I, I don't want to metagame, but goddamn it, I, I really want to clean up that pentagram. <laughs> like, oh, somebody made a bloody mess in here. <laughs> That's ah, hold on, let me scrub this pentagram out. Oh, this is this was finished wood. Who did this to these floors? Uh, you could have just you could run over to Martin and have a conversation with him, and he could relay information. Uh, Martin, where does it hurt? Where does it hurt? What? Uh, did, did, are you hurts, okay? Especially my spine and my whistling hip. She sees his spine bending at a weird angle. You're going to be fine, Martin. You're going to be fine. How do you know that? I, I think my spine would disagree. I'll use my, I'll use my uh, back crack. No, uh, my massage ability, and I get to heal target for uh, three. Roll three, keep one. Uh, go ahead, roll three. Keep one. I heal Martin for nine. Oh, thank you so much. Hold on. I can't do everything here, but maybe I could just get your spine not bent anymore. Oh, there we Ooh. go. Oh, that's... With a makeshift chiropractic adjustment, you heal him for nine hit points. Oh, damage. that's such a relief. Oh, <sighs> don't die on me. I won't. Thank you. I feel so much better. I feel better than when I shot at that punk kid in the 7-Eleven. So, did you, just shot, did you try shooting this asshole in the head? Did it work? Let me try again. Yes, when it's my turn, I will. If, if not, eat them. You've eaten people before, eat them again. Put me in, coach. <laughs> Bulldog, you are up. You know, Mr. Evil Captain Guy, you may think with this Kraken that we're all trapped on a boat with you, but in reality, you're all trapped. You're trapped on a boat with 14 dogs, and I'm one of them. <laughs> and I summon my 12 oh, bulldogs into the room with him. And Eddie's in there. He makes 13. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm the 14th. Um, so uh, we just hear a lot of breathing it problems. It just says summon all of a sudden. <laughs> summon 12 bulldogs to do your bidding for one encounter. Um, it doesn't say what that does exactly. Now, see, this was the time for the Baja Men song. <laughs> what? Who let the dogs in? What, what would you like your bulldogs to do? Make them play shuffleboard. <laughs> they, they ended up playing shuffleboard on the uh, messing up the chalk lines. <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, and so they're going to go and try to attack the pentagram on the floor. Is that what you're thinking? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll try to interrupt the pentagram situation. Uh, we'll do this since it's canon. They go and typically urinate on shit so far. We're going to say they go up to the captain and begin pissing on his legs, which begins to... Uh, the urine begins to disrupt the pentagram on the floor. Uh, go ahead and roll me a d10 to see how bad it messes up the pentagram. Do You rolled a three. So as they begin urinating, they all just kind of somehow urinate in the exact same spot. So it takes off uh, one of the points of the pentagram. Uh, it seems like... Uh, tentacle 4, the pentagram that Captain Ron Dackery is fighting, is no longer able to uh, heal itself or hold on control for Captain Baxter. So you see Captain Ron Dackery immediately began having an easier time with this tentacle. Hey, hey Daphne, I know you were talking about cleaning. Um, you know, uh, urine can be, the do it's dog pee, so it's clean, right? It's sterile. I'm helping. <laughs> I've heard that urine could be used for beauty purposes in some of the 
uh, internet boards that I go to, uh, natural stuff. Is that the same thing? I yeah, totally. It's uh, beautifying. It's good for the wood. They say. I just didn't want you to think I I dodged behind you and then pissed all over your cleaning plans. I'm, I'm this is me helping. Oh no, I've been using. I've, I'll let you know. I've been using some of the uh, urine techniques on Martin's back. <laughs> I'll let you know what happens. <laughs> Did Martin hear that? What was that about yep. peeing on my back? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's aged urine. I wouldn't, wouldn't just directly pee on anybody's back. Mm. That's gross. <laughs> How disappointing. With, <laughs> with that, Niles, you are up. Uh, I'm going to summon Maris and try to buy our team sometime. Ooh, nice. That Nigel guy. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> definitely counting him as an enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, go ahead and roll me 3d10 as you summon the ghostly presence of Maris. She yells out a loud banshee scream stunning all enemies for a turn and dealing 3, uh, sorry, 2d10 damage. 2 or 3? It's 3d10, but you keep the highest two of damage. Oh, okay. So, yeah, uh, nine and six. Fifteen. Yeah, so all of the tentacles and Captain Baxter take 15 points of damage. They're all stunned in place, giving you one round. Of... And Nigel. <laughs> uh, yes. Martin, you see Nigel drop Melissa into the shark-infested waters below as he was walking her across the plank between Melissa! the ships to bring her to safety. <laughs> Uh, we forgot everybody does that the first time they see Maris. It's just something that happens. <laughs> he dropped her into shark-infested water? Yes, Melissa is in shark-infested waters, and Ma Ni Nigel is stunned, laying on the planks in between the two boats. It's like Titanic, mm. except they drop the old lady instead of the necklace. <laughs> Alternate ending. Nigel, you idiot! You dropped Melissa into shark-infested waters. Oh, my head! Oh, right old chap, my head! As Martin, you are now up. It's not his fault, Martin. You know Maris has that effect on people. So, now do, do I take that damage too? The the wording's kind of vague in the description. Uh, yes, no, it does. It Niles is stunned for a round as well, and he also takes the the damage. It's Maris's ghostly presence appears in the minds okay. of all enemies and Niles, stunning them for one turn and dealing three d ten keep two damage. So, Niles, you take the 15 okay. points of damage. Martin, you are up. I am up. Okay. Since I used inner light earlier on the sirens, is that, or on the Baja men, that's it for the inner light, right? I can't use that again. Correct. Okay. I don't think jumping into the water to save her would work because I'm injured and have a bad hip. I don't know if I can swim or not. Uh, you cannot run, but you definitely can probably swim. That's probably part of your, your therapy when you go to the gym. Oh, okay. All right. Well, if I can swim, then um, I'm going to... Let's see. Who's who's the closest ally to me? Roz? Or, I mean, Daphne? Daphne is right next okay. to you, healing you. Daphne, guys. I've got to save Melissa. Take my gun. I give her my pistol, and I dive overboard. And you pull this part. I jump back up uh, onto the ship. What you do is you cock this thing back, and then you squeeze this part. That's the trigger. And you point this part at that demon guy. Okay, I gotta go. Overboard. 
Daphne points the gun like this, and uh, when instead of pushes a button, but instead of like a uh, a bullet comes out, the ma- the magazine falls out. <laughs> <laughs> no, not like that. I jump back up onto the ship and I start showing her. Uh, with that, Martin lands into the water. You are next to Melissa, who is floating face down in the water. But uh, it seems the impact into the water has knocked her out. Oh, no. All right, I try to uh, not revive her, but I try to carry her uh, body to safety of, of the pirate ship to try to get her out of the water. You're able to throw her over your shoulder, but it's going to take you a round to bring her up to the top. So as soon as everyone becomes unstunned, so will effectively you. You'll be up on the top of the, sh- of the let's say, the pirate ship with... Or which one do you want to climb up, the pirate ship or the yacht? Um, I think the pirate ship to get her to safety, if I can, if that's closer. I guess whichever one's closer, to be honest. So we'll call this you stunning yourself for a round. So you'll be able to go at the top of next turn, we'll say. If it's the last thing I do, I vow to save this NPC. <laughs> Why did he give me his gun? All of his abilities are based around this. Uh, next up is the tentacles and Captain Baxter, who are all stunned. So we're going to go back up to the top with Roz, who is on the pirate ship now, faced off with tentacle one after smashing it with her rhino horn. The, okay, so tentacle one is dead? Done for? It, or is, is, it is very hurt. You did uh, 20... Sorry, you did 17 points of damage to it. It's looking, if you had to guess, about half health right now in front of you. And that's the one, okay. And the other... No, I'm sorry. It actually three. took 15, points, 15 more points of damage from a psychic banshee yell from Maris. So it is... It's looking pretty fucked up. It's looking on death's door, but is it is in front of you. Okay, that's the only one that's in front of me because I'm on the pirate ship. Okay. Can I stab it with my CB? <laughs> uh, you most definitely can. You transform back out of being a rhino and stab it with your CB. But uh, first we're going to have Noel. He's going to continue to attack uh, Tentacle 3. So go ahead and roll me another d10 for Noel. And he actually didn't do it last time, so roll me 2d10. And then we'll get to your CB damage before. Okay. It didn't. It didn't because it uh, killed Noel. (laughs) Noel was smashed by a tentacle. That's why we didn't hear from him on turn two. Oh, dear. That changes the campaign entirely. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't tell him to die. I'm not fully dead. I'm getting better. Um, that's not how Noel talks, first of all. You need to come correct when you talk to Noel the Noel. <laughs> Noel seems to be fucking up Tentacle 3. Uh, as you go for your CB, just go ahead and roll me uh, 2d10. Keep the highest one as you stab it with your CB. Six. Six points of damage. It is so much closer to death's door, but not quite dead yet. Next up, we have Daphne. Daphne, after being thrown the gun and uh, attempting to shoot this guy, but clearly just having no training in firearms whatsoever, she's seen uh, her college will-they-or-won't-they buddy knocked out, Martin jump over the side. She's tired of this. She's going to walk right over to that demon fellow. I believe if you want to flavor it, she can use this ability here. Um, The ability is, is a bone crack. But what I want to do is I want to flavor it. I want to grab him by his ear and drag him outside of the, uh, use my strength and drag him outside the pentagram. It's like, look at what you've done here, mister. First off, you drag us onto your bloody boat under the gauze of safety. But every bloody thing that's gone wrong has gone wrong. And look, and now we were being attacked by a bloody kraken. 
and, uh, and as I'm dragging him to the side of the ship and I'm pointing towards Martin. And now you have an old man, an old retired officer, and an old drow lady fought for the loft, swimming against shark-infested waters. How do you feel with your, just about yourself, mister? And I would like all of my damage. Uh, I, I mean, if I'm willing to sacrifice damage in order to get that movement to drag him across mm-hmm. the boat uh, and out of the pentagram. But if there's damage, I just want it to come in the form of ear pain damage. It's easy enough to move him because him and all the tentacles are stunned at the moment. So I'll say go ahead and roll your damage to him, but you're able to move him around. He's unable to respond because he's stunned from Maris for a round. And he's wet from the pee, so there's added lubrication to drag him. And you bloody smell like a (laughs) urinal. Uh, 3k2, so I do uh, 8 damage, and I lower his next roll by 1 dice. Okay, Uh, 39. Uh, You, as you bring him over to show him, Martin, end up ripping off his uh, right ear, and you now hold his ear in your hand, and he's focused on that. Bloody hell! But you're... <laughs> I've turned into Mr. Blonde. Uh, Bulldog, you are now up. Okay. Um, all right. So my regular attack is is uh, 3K1. Um, so I'm just going to... I'm going to attack with that, and then I'm going to have my Bulldogs as ta- attack as well. Are they just continuing to pee on the pentagram, or are they doing something else? I'm attacking the demon, and and they're uh, rolling around in the in the slop and stuff, uh, erasing the pentagram. They're they're roll me a d10 for that pentagram. Yeah, you take uh, off four. another two points. Uh, the limb that uh, Noel was fighting uh, falls down uh, as Noel thinks he cuts it in half as he lands his last blow and falls into the water. The one Roz is also fighting loses its last bit of strength and falls into the water. You guys have one tentacle left as uh, the one that Captain Daiquiri Ron was attacking also goes limp and you see him defeat it at the end of his turn. Uh, You do how many points of damage to Captain Baxter? Um, For this attack, uh, Bulldog is like, hey, that's a nice attack, pulling off his ear. And he goes and bites... um the other ear for six points of damage. Uh, you rip off the other ear. This man is now earless, uh, stunned in place. Uh, actually, it comes back up to his turn. He becomes unstunned as you see his body and you see his soul first and followed by his body be ripped and pulled back towards the pentagram away from everybody. And you see the one remaining tentacle uh, get its strength back. But that is the end of their turn. Uh, Niles is still come. You see him kind of get out of his Maris stupor, and Martin throws uh, Melissa, or sorry, sensually lays Melissa down on the deck of the pirate ship, and gets ready to get back into action. Uh, Roz, we are back up with you, and Tentacle Two, the one in between the two ships on the pirate ship side, is the only tentacle that is up. Okay. Um. It's your horn. You can turn back into a rhino and use your horn as a Oh, I thought I could only do that once. Okay. Um, yeah, then I'll definitely I'll, I'll do say that. you can do it once per like combat encounter, which is this. So if you would have used it on the Baja men, then you couldn't have done it. But if you want during this combat, turn back into a rhino, you can. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, I'll do that. And then I will shoot 
that last tentacle. Uh, go ahead and roll three d10 and keep the highest one. And are you going to charge at it as well? And then I will... Yes, I will also charge at it. So nine points of damage for the shot, and how much for the charge? Roll 2d10 and keep both of them. Ten. Yep, this tentacle is looking very messed up, but it... Actually, with that... Sorry. With that charge, you end up killing the tentacle with a total of 19 points of damage. You run straight through this tentacle, knocking it into the water, and land back on to the pirate ship uh, as an immovable force and unstoppable object make impact with each other. Daphne, you are up. It Captain Baxter is bleeding profusely. He seems to be on death's door. His you can see his uh, left arm was just or sorry, his right arm was just ripped off of his body uh, by unknown means. It was just pulled down into this pentagram on the floor. Oh, bloody hell, his arm just exploded. I, I didn't know I pulled his ear that hard. Oh, um, I'd heard about the dark side of massage. I've become too powerful. <laughs> I should have killed you all. Frazier should have been here for me to finish all of you at once. If I'm allowed back to this plane, I will kill all of you. Do your best before I murder you all. Thanks for the advice. And did she use all the blood wine? Uh, yes, to get rid of these sharks, yes. Oh, well, well, then never mind. I know that he has a missing arm. Well, you know, you try to help some people. You try to help people see the, the error of their ways. Uh, but some people you just can't help. Let this be a lesson to all of you. Uh, can she pick him up, uh, use her strength, and kind of hold him up overboard? Uh, and let him bleed for a second uh, into the water below and then drop him into the shark-infested water? Uh, certainly. Roll me a strength check versus uh, him at disadvantage since he's only got one arm. You know, you must have not have had a very good mother figure because you don't know what to do. You kept struggling the whole time I had you by the bloody ear. I had to rip your bloody ear off. Uh, I rolled a six and I have a plus five on strength. So that is an 11. Yeah, with him missing an arm, he's only going to have a plus three to strength. So you are easily able to do this. He fights you the whole way. You feel some resistance at one point as the his soul attached to this pentagram begins to resist as much as it can. But it's pulled back into his body as you linger him over the water and you see sharks begin to circle and toss him in as a pool of red blood begins to form on top of the water in the ocean the kraken begins to fade away into the water like how the ancient sorcerer babysitting mage mary poppins used to say you can't save every child some of them you have to throw to sharks (laughs) (laughs) i i remember that line of that Great. Director's cut. I love it. I love that one-man band scene. Nigel, yes, are you yes. okay? Martin. I'm, I'm here. I'm, Martin. I'm... Can we see Martin? Uh, Martin has made it up to the boat of the pirate ship with Melissa. He is okay. You see Nigel kind of waking up from a stupor on the plank in between the, the two ships. I, I'm, I'm doing fine, my lady. Just take care of yourself. Get Well, job well done. Job well done. Can I see if uh, Melissa's okay after, you know... Nigel, you all right? Thank you, Niles, for taking such good care of Nigel after he fell down. I'm so wonderful to have such a brave, wonderful friend like you. Oh, yes. And thank you, Nigel, for cowardly (laughs) dropping that poor woman into shark-infested waters. (laughs) We learned better than that in Cumberland in massage school, Nigel. You're right, Niles. 
I, I, I apologize. I just saw this righteous bitch of a woman yelling in my face, and I could, couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> she has that effect on all of us. Well, I mean, he has a point about Maris. <laughs> With that, Captain Ron Dackery approaches from behind you, Daphne Moon. That was an amazing job. I've never seen anyone take down a kraken in quite that way. You have my call whenever you need it. Here, take this flare gun, and whenever you need my assistance, shoot it in the air, and I'll send a barrage of cannon fire down on you whenever you're at, or a barrage of daiquiris to help you party out and keep them healthy. How do I differentiate between the two? I don't want... <laughs> Seems like I could ruin a party. Dr. Crane would never forgive me. a red me. flare and a green flare. The green flare is for good stuff. The bad stuff is the red flare. All right. And is there one for confetti? No, I've got that one, bitch. And he throws confetti all on your face. It is, Rip Taylor. <laughs> I knew it. We're saved. We're saved. Hooray. Glorious day. Bloody hell. To my eyes. I'm blinded. Now everyone aboard my ship and I'll show you a real righteous good time. Oh, are we going nutting, finally? <laughs> <laughs> oh, bulldog. I'll take you to the most beautiful nut farm that we've that you could ever imagine. Can I check to see if Melissa's okay and then walk her back over to the other ship? Uh, across the plank or whatever? Uh, we want to be on the, pirate, the ship you're on. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, then, can I just uh, lift her to her feet, make sure she's all right, and say something to her? Oh, my hero, I am safe because of you. You are a strapping, strapping man. Thank you. I'm so glad you're all right. Uh, I will tell you this. There was one special ability that I never used during this adventure, and I'm ready to use it now. It's my iron stomach. Would you like to join me at the buffet? <laughs> Come, my dear. I love Let's... nothing else. I've never used this ability on an ass before. <laughs> and with that, that's where we will end the episode. I'd like to thank all of you for joining me on this special adventure of Hell, Frazier, and look forward to playing with you guys again in the future. Uh, thank you, Joe. That was really fun. <laughs> Thanks for another fun adventure, Joe. Thanks. We'll get into the plugs right now. Damon Mercado, where can people find you? You can find me on a little comedy science podcast called Science Faction. It's a lot of fun. Learn some science, and it's, I would wager, as horny as this Dungeons & Dragons <laughs> podcast. You'll love it. Science Faction. Uh, and you can also tweet me and the show at AwfulDND. And if you like this Hellfraser episode, tell a friend. Not a lot of competition <laughs> in uh, Fraser tabletop RPGs. We can corner the market with your help. Well, not yet. <laughs> and we're the only Frasier podcast that doesn't have Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> right now. Lauren, where can people find you? Um, yeah, you can just find me at all Awful D&D. Um, social media <laughs> networks and such. You know, I'll have... I screen all of Lauren's <laughs> tweets. I don't know. Incoming fan mail for stalkers. I'm like uh, Kevin Costner's the bodyguard to her Whitney Houston. So in that, she's cut me with a katana. That is our relationship. Clint Beicher, where can people find you? You can find me picturing Lauren cut Damien with a katana. <laughs> 
all day long. That seems like a fun image. Um, <laughs> so you can also find me. <laughs> you can also find me doing handy stuff here and there about the lands and on the internet's at Clint Beischer. <laughs> So find him on OnlyFans at Handyman69420. <laughs> John Groobs, where can people find you? I'm on Instagram, uh, Groobs Bros, uh, drawn dirty pictures. <laughs> I will have to check that out. And Jesse Egan, where can people find you? You can find me at Jesse Egan Comedy on all of the social media. Thanks for a great, fun adventure, Joe. Thank you, sir. Thank, Thank you, guys. You. Thank you. And I've been your dungeon master, Joe Camacho. You can find me on Twitter at HotCop69. <laughs> I look forward to that. And also, the uh, we ha- the Awful News Store podcast has a Discord server called The Affiliates. Uh, it is currently in the process of being built. We have some community guidelines up. But we're looking to get some fan art up there as soon as possible. And we can answer some fan questions in the meantime that you might have in the discord server. So we look forward to hearing from you there with that. Thank you everyone for the wonderful episode and we'll see you next time fans. Thanks very much. Bye. 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 Down at it. Hello, my name is Daphne Moon, and it's an honour to speak here with you all today at this memorial service for all those who died in that terrible day at sea one month ago. I would like to take a minute in honour all of those who fell. Christopher Waltrip, Quezon Escobedo, Jay Baker, and Hector Angulo who died bravely, fighting the tentacle, trying to impress Rose. Unfortunately, she was wildly unimpressed with how easily they died. Next, let's take a moment in honor Anthony Silva, who was killed by a very well-meaning Martin Crane, who fired a warning shot up into the air, and it fell and killed him which in turn led to the death of Dwayne Donovan, as Anthony Silva was carrying very important diabetes medications, which unfortunately, of course, led to the death of Rebecca Throop, who found the lost medication while rifling through pockets and OD'd on it, a tragic chain of events that all could have been prevented. Next, let's take a second and remember Torso full of bees, Chance Dyson, Cody Martinez, and Fred Milano, perhaps better known by their stage names, the Bahamen. Four incredibly talented artists who were killed trying to get people 
into their concert. Their only real crime is creating beats and rhythms so fresh and loaded with Caribbean goodness that we couldn't help but overplay them. You will be missed, Baha men. You deserve better than to die at the hands of an evil parent. Next, let's take a second and honor Harrison Game, Christopher Skelton, Rick Turpin, and Rob Wagner. Four scoundrels here on a bachelor party who tried to cheat Eddie at shuffleboard. I heard they found their corpses riddled with small bite marks all over their body, and they suspect that the time of death was before the Kraken attack. Lesson learned, don't try to cheat a Jack Russell Terrier when it comes to shuffleboard. We teach that to children in the old country. Next, let us remember Jessica Aldbeer, Lady Kiva Lagos is my spirit god, and Natasha Ingrane. Three sentient sharks who didn't know that their people are deathly allergic to dragon blood wine. I guess that one's on me, that's a bit more for, for pouring it in the water. It makes me feel worse knowing that they're incredibly smart, and after doing a little bit of research, incredibly endangered. Next, let us remember Lindsay Taylor, Lynette DeBell, AJ Kurosaki, and Andrew Robertson, four unfortunate souls who died when they were blinded by the glare from Bulldog's head during the fight. The intense glare, of course, blinded them and caused their escape boat to crash on the reef. Oh, Mr. Bulldog, Consider hair plugs. Next, let us remember the brave fallen members of this ship's crew. DRG, Matthew R, and three kobolds in a trench coat. They were brave members of the crew who were slain during their captain's transformation into that ghastly beast. But rest easy, knowing that all Daphne Moon avenged your death and murdered your demonic captain. And rest easy knowing that before you died, at least you got to see a dog doing a backflip, and you got to see Ross's jumblies before you died. Thank you very much. Parking would not be validated. Goodbye.